0: Hey guys, it's Pastor Dave Kurlov. Thanks for joining us online as we have just moved everything online right now to be an online church. So I want you to grab your Bibles. If you're at home there or wherever you may be, just grab your Bibles. Open to 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 9. We're going to be there in a second. But we are in the series, as you heard earlier, that we're in the series Beyond. And it's a season for us at FAC to launch us into a season of growth and impact. And we acknowledge, though, if we are going to launch into this new season of beyond our walls and beyond our generations, it's going to require us to go beyond ourselves. It's going to ask us to go beyond ourselves. But let's all just acknowledge and pause for a moment that COVID-19, the coronavirus, is really asking us to go beyond ourselves right now. You know, all of us are dealing with the disruption of our normal routines— So we're taking a pause obviously from the financial commitment part as you heard about the commitment card We're not going to be collecting that right now, but we're going to collect it later We'll we'll revisit it later, but we want to really care for your hearts and needs right now Uh, Because again, we we are all facing this right now this disruption And so we really want to encourage you to click on just that page that uh, Pastor Eric referred to He talked about on the website there Uh, Right on myfac.org, ways that you can still stay engaged, even though it's online. Ways for your small groups to stay engaged. uh, How you can fight anxiety, if that's something that you're facing with right now. Also, stuff for your children, for uh, youth. We're going to constantly just be updating that. So that's something that you'd want to check out. That's our commitment to you. We really want to help you. And like I said, all of us are dealing with the disruption of our normal routines. Uh, Just in life. When we struggle, if you're like me, when routine is changed. I don't like it when my routine is changed. I have a fixed type of creature of being a fixed creature of habit. I I don't like when things get out of place. I like to have a normal routine. And a lot of us are just trying to adjust to this new normal. So many of us have kids come home, and they're doing their 20 minutes of homework with six hours of Disney educational movies— Uh, Some of us are, you know, have, uh, as couples and families, we're spending more time together than we're used to. Uh, We're adjusting to working online, uh, whether your work has called you back. Some are not. Some are first responders and need to just continue to work. And then single people may be spending more time alone than they usually would around this time. And fear and anxiety have gripped some of us, Uh, especially if we have loved ones that are elderly, those that are at risk. Uh, And a lot of this just can just seem out of control. But I want to encourage you that while we may need to practice social distancing, which is uh, very important for us to all be a part of and do, that does not mean we need to practice emotional isolation from one another. Social distancing does not mean emotional isolation from one another. I encourage you to call each other, check in on each other, text each other, Skype, FaceTime, whatever it may be, to pray for one another. There's a lot of different ways that you could do this. And be the church for one another. And also, I encourage you to check on your neighbor. Keep an eye on your neighbor. Give them a call. See how they're doing. It's an opportunity for us as a people to be the church. Because people don't need panic right now. They need the presence of God. They need the power of God. And they need the people of God. And you at home, or wherever you may be, you have an opportunity to bring the presence of God with you wherever you are. So, I just want you to realize that social distancing doesn't mean emotional isolation from one another. Also, it doesn't mean that God needs you to social distance from Him. God does not need social distancing from you. Get alone with Him. I encourage you to get alone with God because God wants you to experience a greater fullness of Himself. Whether there's times of trial or whether there's times of peace, God always wants you to grow deeper in knowing him, experiencing him, and gaining the fullness that comes from him. Jesus said, you will have trials and tribulations, but he says, I have overcome the world. And in John 10.10, he desires for all of us to have that life that's abundant in him, the fullness of God that comes from him. And you'll hear him say, he says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. He says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. He wants you to experience the fullness of God that comes from himself. In fact, this was Paul's prayer, and just really is my prayer for you as well. As you're watching this, my prayer for you from Ephesians 3, chapter 3, verses 13 to 19. Paul says this. He says, I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory. Don't lose heart. He says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints listen to this what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled, here it is, with all the fullness of God. That was his prayer. That's my prayer as well, that you would be filled with all the fullness of God during this time. And what is this fullness? What does that even mean? What is Paul talking about, the fullness of God? Well, Paul uses imagery here for us to think about things that are just hard for your mind to measure. You'll see those words that says breadth and length and height and depth to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. He uses those, those, those word images there of trying to measure something that your mind just can't wrap itself around. So often I think about the ocean when I try to imagine this. I love the ocean. You've heard me talk about this many times. I love the ocean. And when I look out on the ocean, I just see the vast expanse of that ocean just spreading out. I can't wrap my mind around measuring the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of that ocean. And Paul is trying to get us to imagine that when it comes to his love and his peace. That it's so vast and big, and he wants you to be filled with it. And that that just as the ocean has an endless supply of water, God's love and God's peace is an endless supply for you and I. And he doesn't want us just to know His peace. He doesn't want us just to know his love. He doesn't want us just to know his power. He wants us to experience his power, experience his peace, experience his presence, experience his love. And it's why Paul would say in Romans 5, 5, when he talks about God's love, he says, God's love has been poured into your heart. Again, listen to that word, poured into your hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. He's given you the Holy Spirit so you can experience the fullness of God. And it's a daily thing that we need to be filled. It's a daily thing. It's not enough that 20 years ago you got filled with the fullness of God. It's something that we need daily. And God's presence and his love, it's an endless supply just as the ocean is. Just as the ocean. God's love is an endless supply that we need to experience each day. So I hope that you can see that even in the midst of this time, It's an opportunity for you to experience the fullness of God. It's an opportunity for you to experience the fullness of God. And that's what I want to help with you today. I want you to experience the fullness of God. But here's the catch. Here's the catch. To experience a greater fullness of God, you need to go beyond. To experience a greater fullness of God, you need to go beyond. So what I want to do with us As we're watching, as you're watching, and I'm talking to you, I want to answer the question first, why is that the case? To experience a greater fullness of God, why is that the case that I need to go beyond? And then talk about how do we do that as a church body. But first, let me pray with you right now, just asking God's Spirit to speak to you as you listen. And Heavenly Father God, we ask that your Holy Spirit come. Where people are right now in their homes Where they're listening As they faced A disruption to their routine God you Can still speak through Anything that we face And God you want us to experience A fullness that comes from you So ask, I ask Lord That you fill people With your love, your peace, your presence Your goodness And challenge us where we need to go beyond so that we can experience more of that fullness that comes from you. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first thing I want us to look at, why do I need to go beyond to experience a greater fullness of God? Why is that? If you want to experience this fullness, why do you need to go beyond? Because it's this. Listen very closely. The next level in your relationship with God— lies beyond the boundaries of your current experience with God. I'll say that again. Because the next level in your relationship with God lies beyond the boundaries of your current experience with God. And so that means it's going to take risk. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take things that maybe you're not really even comfortable with doing. If you want a greater fullness of God, you've got to go beyond. If you think about just a relationship, maybe with your spouse, if you're married, I I think about when I was first married to my wife, when we were married that first year of our marriage, I liken it to a lot of people. I talk about it that it's like boot camp. You're going to be going through some difficulties. You're going to have to flex. You're going to have to bend. You're going to have to risk some things that you're maybe not comfortable with. So just like my relationship with my wife, where I needed to go beyond what I'm comfortable with and maybe go beyond into things that she enjoyed, into her interests, into her thoughts, understanding what she's thinking. I wouldn't be able to take it to that next level with my wife if I didn't go beyond with her. And it's the same with your relationship with God. To go beyond to that next level of your relationship with Him, to experience the greater fullness of God, you need to go beyond. That's why Jesus would instruct us in Matthew 7. He would say to ask seek, knock. Those are all actions that you and I need to take, that you and I pursue to pursue more of God and more of his presence, more of his spirit, to invest more of our time, more of our resources, to get more of him. Paul actually talks about this uh, investing by calling it the sowing and reaping principle. In many of his letters— he encourages people to sow to the things of God, to reap more of God. And so he would say in Galatians 6 through, eight, uh, through 9, Paul applies this sowing and reaping principle in regard to living in the fullness of the Spirit. He says, For the one who sows to his own flesh, will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will, reap, will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And so, sowing and reaping, as you know, with farming, you, you plant a seed, you sow the seed, and what you sow, how much you sow, is how much you end up reaping. And so this is what he's trying to say. If you sow to the flesh, you're going to get things of the flesh, corruption. If you sow to the things of the Spirit, you're going to reap things of the Spirit, of eternal life. And then Second Corinthians he, uh, 9, he applies that same sowing and reaping principle in regard to giving. And he says here in verse 6 through 8 in chapter 9, he says, The point is this, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he decides in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, because God himself is a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency... In all things, at all times, you may abound in every good work. So Paul's point is this. You sow a little, you're going to reap a little. You sow much to things of God, you will get much of God. More of that fullness that comes from him. Experiencing his peace, his presence, his power in your life. So think about your relationship with God. As you're there at home or wherever you may be, Watching this online, think about your relationship with God. Do you experience His fullness? Do you experience His fullness? I mean, think about maybe for some of you, you may not be experiencing it because you're not sowing to the things of God. You don't experience His fullness of His love and His peace and His power, His presence because you're not sowing, you're not investing in the things of God. So think about, like, your time, your resources, your thoughts, even that spiritual hunger or desire that's within you. Where do you invest that? Where do you invest that? Do you invest these things in God's character, in his mission, his church? So if you think about your time and your resources, sometimes it can be invested just in ourselves. Or it can be invested in things that are just really unhealthy for us. Or if you think about your thoughts, a lot of times we invest our thoughts into fears and anxiety and worry and not into the character of God. Or if you think about that spiritual hunger that exists in you. That desires, some of these desires that exist in you. And a lot of times we look to feed those desires in other places. And really that's a spiritual hunger longing for more of God and more of his fullness. And so we end up going to get that hunger filled through like just scrolling through YouTube, clicking on tons of videos or scrolling through Instagram, just looking at tons of pictures. Maybe it's too much alcohol. Maybe it's too much food. Maybe it's shopping that you look to satisfy that hunger, or maybe it's pornography. All of that is a spiritual hunger in you for more of the fullness of God, and all those things are not going to satisfy ever. Where do you invest your time, your resources, your thoughts, and your spiritual hunger? Is it in the things of God? Because if it's not, you're you're not going to reap much of God. You're not going to reap much of God. And seeing his power, his presence, his healing even take place in your life. So that answers the first question. To experience a greater fullness of God, you need to go beyond. Because the next level in your relationship with God lies beyond the boundaries of your current experience with God. And it takes risk. It takes sacrifice. Second, I want to answer then, how should we then go beyond to experience a greater fullness of God as a fully engaged follower of Jesus at FAC. How should I go beyond? If I want to experience this greater fullness, how do I do this? And I say as a fully engaged follower of Jesus at FAC. See, you could go and get and experience, a greater fullness of God, how you could do this, certainly individually and alone. Spiritual disciplines are something to engage in individually, to experience a greater fullness of God. In fact, I would even highly recommend—hopefully you'll be able to see this on the screen, I'm not sure— but this is a book called River Dwellers by Dr. Rob Reamer, one of my professors in NIAC, And it's called Living in the Fullness of the Spirit. It's an excellent book. will practically help you know how to just do that, how to experience more of God's fullness— especially as you get alone with him. But I want us to look about how do you experience a greater fullness of God in the church? Just in the church as a fully engaged follower of Jesus at FAC. You see, we don't have membership here. We don't have membership at FAC, but we talk about wanting everyone to be fully engaged and how we talk about that, what that means to be fully engaged here at FAC, is these four things. Connect. Connect with God in authentic community. This means a weekend service, small group. Serve. Serve people inside and outside the church. Give to support the ministry of FAC. And invite. Invite your friends to experience Jesus wherever the church of FAC gathers, even if that means online as well right now. And I'm just going to talk about connecting and serving, this part. Marty's going to talk about, Pastor Marty will talk about giving and inviting next week. But I want to just talk about connecting and serving. To answer the question, how should I go beyond to experience a greater fullness of God as a fully engaged follower of Jesus at FAC? First, number one, connecting with God in authentic community. Connect with God in authentic community. The reason I say connecting with God is because this is the goal behind any community that we do here at a church. Whether we meet together at, as a church in a, during a weekend service, or whether it's online and you're at home, or whether it's in small groups and you're interacting that way, even interacting through like Zoom or Skype or whatever it may be. The goal of community an authentic community is God. To experience a greater fullness of God. To know Him. Listen, sometimes we made church a little bit too much about us. It's not about us. It's not about just merely connecting into community. It's about connecting with God in authentic community. An authentic community allows us to experience a greater fullness of God and for life change to happen. And so we have small groups here. We encourage small groups. We love small groups. It's one of the means for discipleship here at our church. But we're very concerned and want to concentrate on the flavor of these small groups. That they are small groups that exercise authentic community. We are after a church culture here at FAC that practices authentic community with one another. Because that allows us to experience a greater fullness of God. So what does this authentic community look like? Well, it's three things I want to point out. First, authentic community is where people are honest with each other. A community where people live open, honest, and confessional lives in a culture of grace. Grace. That's very important that it's in a culture of grace. There's no hiding. There's no pretending. There's no images that we're trying to put on in front of each other. Why? Because secrets and things that we keep hidden in the dark are toxic. They are toxic to experiencing the fullness of God. Listen to what 1 John 1 5 says. It says, This is the message we have heard from him. And proclaim to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we will have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus' Son cleanses us from all sin. Do you hear that? It says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light— We have fellowship with one another, fellowship with God, fellowship with the community, the church. It's about walking in the light, no secrets, nothing to hide, being fully honest with one another and living confessional lives. So this is why I have sought out and how I need, I need to have honest relationships with people that I can have fun with and have honesty as one of the core parts of our relationship. Listen, I'm not encouraging you to do anything that I haven't done as well. And so I have two friends that I can be totally honest with. I know that they're not going to hold anything against me. They're not going to use it against me. I know that they are going to be gracious, they're going to be encouraging, and they're always going to be pointing me to Christ. Do you have these type of relationships in your life? Do you have relationships where you could be honest with people in the church? this is the type of culture we're after. This is the type of authentic community where people are honest with each other, which allows us to experience a greater fullness of God. So there's a second thing. Authentic community is also where people are encouraging one another with lived-in truth. Now I put that in quotes, lived-in truth, for a reason. What I mean is that it's not just truth that we're encouraging people with, the truth of God's word, but it's God's word that is living within you and his spirit has changed in you and it has caused victory over sin or over uh, habits, things that have made a difference in your life and you've seen God's word, God's truth, change you through that experience with God. It's lived in truth. You see, truth is powerful. God's truth is powerful. But when God's lived in truth takes place in your life, it's transformative. It's transformative and transformative for the people around you that you interact with. This is what Colossians 3.16 is saying when he says, the, "...let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom." You hear that? He's he's talking about the Word of Christ just dwelling in you, living in you, going to every part of your soul, all the, maybe even the dark areas, and the Word of Christ bringing change in you so that it's truth that starts to shape you and change you and transform you. And when that happens, others around you, when you share that truth with others and teach and admonish with wisdom, it is lived in truth. That is transformative and allows others to experience the fullness of God. I remember a time with my wife and I, we were dealing with some parenting issues, as we all do. And there's, there was difficulties in those teen years, parenting uh, teenagers. And we we're having some difficulty, and not knowing what to do. So we sought out a couple that we knew and that was facing a very similar problem with their teenager— and had some victory over it, and have seen God work in their life and they have a peace even in the midst of, of parenting. And so we sought them out and just said, teach us, share with us. And they were encouraging because it was lived in truth that they allowed to dwell in them, the word of Christ to dwell in them, that they could share with us so that we can experience the fullness of God, his truth, his presence, his power, and his healing. Authentic community is where people are encouraging one another with lived in truth. And third, authentic community is where people seek the presence and power of God. In the end, only God can change the heart. In the end, only God can change the heart. And we need to access his presence and power to change and walk out this new life that he's given to us. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, We all with unveiled face— Beholding the glory of the Lord. Are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Beholding the glory of the Lord. Beholding God's presence, his love, his power, his peace, his wisdom. Beholding God. And as a community, our goal is to seek more of God, more of His presence, because that's where then change and transformation takes place. But there's a caution. There's a caution with this. I'm sure you believe this. But is it in your reality? You see, we can have a theology of this. This can be in our theology, but not in the reality of our lives. When the presence and power of God are part of our belief system, but absent from our practice, there are going to be significant gaps in the integration of faith into our lives. If we just believe that God's presence and power can change us, but we don't actually practically work that out in our life, there's going to be a gap. We're not going to see the fullness of God. We're not going to see and experience God. And so as an authentic community, we seek the presence and power of God and we practice that within our communities. But it's also something that an authentic community encourages us to do individually. Do you have people and relationships and community around you that encourages you to get alone with God, to seek his to seek and get alone with him, to seek his power, his presence. That's what we want to do as a community, to tell people go to God. Get alone with them. Get silent with them. Go into solitude with them. Read. Because even when you read, it's the point of reading the Bible is not just to read the Bible, it's to have an encounter with the living God. And when you read Scripture, you are one Holy Spirit breath away from a fresh encounter with God. I can trace life change that I have experienced in my own life back to the presence and power of God that I found in intimately in knowing him and in being manifested to me. God spoke to me. He revealed himself to me. He encountered me. He filled me. And it was in these moments that change happened and life changed. Authentic community is where people seek the presence and power of God and encourage one another to do the same. Now, we have small groups here. We have community groups that help this type of authentic community. But I'm not going to oversell community groups and small groups and say you're going to immediately find this. That would be doing you a disservice. But they are more like—community groups and small groups here at FAC— are more like the trellis for the vine of organic growth and true authentic community to grow on, so that it can be cultivated in a culture at FAC. So think about community groups and small groups and things like that. They are just the trellis. There's no power in the trellis. It's in the vine. And so they're just there to help the vine of organic growth of this type of culture and authentic community to happen here at FAC. Because that's what we're after. A culture. A culture of people that are a soul-renewing, word-planted, spirit-filling, mission-spilling, authentic community of people. That's what we're after, this type of culture here. And even though we can't meet physically right now—and you're at home, you're watching this, wherever you may be— even though we can't practice this physically together in a space or at a home, you can still practice these things virtually or digitally. You could still check out, you know, video chat resources, engage in some way through Skype or FaceTime or Zoom or any of those. It's been exciting to see some of the groups being using that. And they've emailed me and said, we've had our first Zoom chat. We had our first uh, Zoom uh, group, uh, community group meeting. A lot of people are still exploring ways to connect with each other and to still practice these things where they can be honest, where they can encourage one another, and where they can seek the presence and power of God. I encourage you also to check out the discussion video. That is a, a part of this sermon. You're going to see it on our webpage. And I I share some practical ways how you can do that as a community, as a as a small group, and to exercise some of these things in practical ways. So I encourage you to check that out. But hear me out. To experience the fullness of God, He doesn't just want to fill us with His fullness so that we feel good. He doesn't just want to fill us with more of Himself just so that we feel good. He wants us to be filled so that we spill. He fills us so that we spill out and serve other people to get free and full of the Holy Spirit. We want others to encounter and be full with God. So he fills us to spill us. And that's the second thing that I want to look at. We connect and serve. To be fully engaged at FAC is to connect and to serve people inside and outside the church serve people inside and outside the church. First, serving people inside the church. He's given us the church body, one another. And he's given each of us even spiritual gifts to practice. Spiritual gifts to benefit the body. But ultimately, these gifts are given so that we can exercise love for one another. And now again, you may not be able to meet physically in the same room. But we can certainly still encourage each other. We can certainly love one another and pray for one another. Bring up ways that how you could love each other and pray for one another. We have an opportunity still to do that. There's ways that you could text. You could also give each other a call. But we don't want to just serve inside the church. We also want to serve outside, where you live, study, work, and play. That's a core part of serving people outside the church, where you live, where you work, where you study, and where you play. Because God's strategy to reach people for Christ is you. God's strategy is you. And this is what Acts 1.8 says. When Jesus says, you're going to receive power from the Holy Spirit to be what? To be witnesses. You're going to receive power from the Holy Spirit, His fullness, to be witnesses. Witnesses. And a witness is simply this. I like to think about it like this. What Jesus has done in your life, what Jesus has done in your life, intersects with the problem that someone else is facing in their life. And that intersection takes place there. That's a moment for you to serve someone and to be a witness. So for example, one of my neighbors, uh, someone nearby was dealing with depression. And that's something that I faced in my life. And that's something that God has worked in me and has given me healing and has shown me uh, more of himself how to deal with depression. And so he was dealing with that. I, was, I had victory over that, uh, things that God has done to heal me in that. And so we met up and I just shared with him what Jesus has done in my life through that and how he can have hope and how he can have faith in Jesus and have healing. You see, if Jesus has healed you from anxiety, you are a witness. If Jesus has healed you from depression, you are a witness. If Jesus has healed you from addiction, you are a witness. If Jesus has healed you from shame, you are a witness. If he has delivered you from bitterness, if he has given you forgiveness for others that you thought you never could forgive, you are a witness. And that is a story that you could share with someone else. And when we are living in the ongoing fullness of God and the Spirit, you have ongoing stories of life change. Ongoing stories of life change. Not just a story from 20 years ago, but a story from maybe 20 minutes ago because of what God has done in your life that you're able to share with someone else. You see, guys, we have been given the Holy Spirit power to be His witnesses. And our culture and world need us to be a filled people who spill into the world where we live, work, study, and play. Now, while you may be at home right now, and you may not be able to go to work, you may not be able to go to the gym, you may not be able to go to school, there are still people around you that you could still be a witness. You may be home, but you could still reach out to a neighbor, some friends, a coworker ask how they're doing. I just did this a couple days ago. I reached out to my neighbors just to see how they're doing. I said, hey, anything you need, I'm there. We would be glad to help. We're outside sometimes. We just talk to each other, check in on each other, and let them know that I'm praying for them, and that I'm there and available. That in a lot of ways, each of us are going to have to, as Christians, be kind of like shepherds to our own street, because many people may not have access to another Christian, but it might be you. And you being able to bring the presence and the Spirit of God to someone. You see, to experience a greater fullness of God, I hope you see, it's about going beyond. You need to go beyond connecting, serving, even giving as well. Because it certainly takes risk, and it takes sacrifice, and your next level in your relationship with God lies beyond the boundaries of your current experience. And the only way to get there is to risk and to sacrifice more than you're comfortable with. This is why we're doing the Beyond initiative. This is why we're doing this. We're asking you to examine your engagement. Examine where God wants you to connect, where God wants you to serve, even give. And we're not asking for the commitment card at this time, but still pray over it. Ask God, where do you want me to take that next step Because so I can experience a greater fullness of you, God? And it takes a step beyond that current experience that you have right now to receive a greater fullness of himself. And I want you to know that we are committed to you through this time. We are committed to you. We are going to— I want you to know that we're going to get through this together. This is what—we're going to get through this together. Number two, we're going we're to worship together continually. We're going to worship, continue to provide online worship. Number three, we're going to keep your soul healthy through this time. We're going to keep your soul healthy. We're going to provide resources, check online, look at all that. And number four, we're going to pray for you. We're going to continue to pray for you. Let us know if you're sick. We're going to continue to pray for you. And number five, we are going to continue to encourage you and share with you practical ways how you could be salt and light to your neighbors. How to be witnesses to those around you, even during this difficult time. Because, you know, what's amazing, if you look at the history of the church, Rodney Stark, a sociologist, wrote this book, Rise of Christianity. He looked at the early church and what caused it to spread During times of plague and persecution and things like that, it was because Christians showed the generosity and the love and the presence of God. And that's why people, more people came to Christ. Why do you think they did that? Because they were full with God. They were experiencing the fullness of God so that it would spill out to those that they interact with. And so... If you're still cautious and concerned, especially in light of COVID-19, let me just encourage you with something that God spoke to me on Wednesday. As I was just sitting in silence with him. I often uh, have this chair in my living room there, and there's a light right by it. And I turn on that light. That means, okay, it's ready for God. I'm ready to listen to you, God. What do you want to say? And I'll try to spend daily as much time Sometimes I don't I get to do it daily But spend at least 10 minutes in just silence Listening to God And saying God I asked him what do you want me to say To the church What do you want me to say What do you want me to remember What's a word that I could have for them And he said this He said we'll get through this together We'll get through this together And He, in the image of my mind, he he came and wrapped his arms around me as I'm sitting there in the chair, lifted up my chin to him to look into his eyes. And he gently said again, we'll get through this together. Guys, we'll get through this together. And let me pray with you and know that God's presence is with you and that he wants you to experience the fullness of himself. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, God, for those that are just now watching online, I pray, Holy Spirit, that they will just be flooded by an overwhelming supernatural sense of your love for them, of your peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, that they will experience a greater fullness of Lord, we know that it requires us to go beyond. It will require us to go beyond fear. It will require us to go beyond anxious thoughts, and place our faith in you. It will require us to connect with you, God, in authentic community. It will require of us to serve people inside the church and outside the church. And so, Lord, we're ready to take that step. We're ready. We want to experience more of your fullness even in such a time as this. We love you. We thank you for your presence and your goodness to us. And help us to now spill that out to the people around us so that they can experience the presence of God. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless, guys. Thank you for joining us. Love you guys. Continue to be A Jesus-centered, a word-planted, soul-renewing, spirit-filling, mission-spilling people. Love you guys.